Hello, and welcome to the Have You Ever Been Experienced podcast with me, your host, Damien Miller, where we talk about all things customer, especially customer research and customer experience. Welcome to this, the second episode of the Have You Ever Been Experienced podcast. Well, technically the first episode as the pilot was uh, a little bit about me uh, and my credentials. And what I wanted to do from now on is use the podcast to share and to talk about some of my experiences and hopefully some of my guests' experiences when I have them about working with customer research in the world of customer experience and basically anything about customers. And hopefully we will inspire and maybe just make you think a little bit about how you might change what you're doing to give your customers a better experience. And so in this episode, I wanted to talk really about um, online experiences, digital experiences, particularly with a little bit of focus on online shopping, and then end with another experience story that's relevant. So why do I want to talk about digital experiences? I think it's really important that we spent quite a bit of our lives in 2020 online, um, and a lot of our habits have shifted to spending more time online, whether that's you know entertainment, work, shopping, any of the sorts of things that are, uh, can be done, we're now doing them that way. And so I think it's even more important as we go into 2021 that you focus on the experience that you're delivering. As these kind of behaviours solidify and, and normalise, you've got to find that people are using the same traits that they're going to use to judge other experiences, the quality of what you're delivering and how you enhance the value of the experience for your listener or your uh, shopper or your uh, attendee. And it doesn't really matter if you are an online retailer, whether or not you're delivering video content, whether or not you are running an online event or doing networking, the quality of the experience is going to make you stand out and make people choose you over your competition. And it's going to be very much the same as with any other experience. It's about making those emotional connections. It's about uh, bringing people with you on the journey. We've seen a lot about authenticity and vulnerability being key to kind of really making that empathetic connection with your um, customers. And they're seeing that as a real piece of integrity. And it starts to build trust. And that's the key, really, trust. So whatever your digital experiences are, whatever you're offering, if you make that connection with people and you know your customer, you know your audience, you know the people that you're talking to, you understand, you research them, you're going to be able to put together the right sort of sales opportunity or content to be able to deliver that customers. And their expectations are going to be rising. It is important that we listen, we learn, we improve. I mean, that's in all walks of life, but particularly in uh, offering experiences. And I think, you know, customers do know what they want, but you have to understand what their purpose is. Why are they there? What do they want? Why have they chosen you? What are those emotional connections that you can make that are really going to bring them on that journey with you? And that's going to allow you to build a really solid platform for delivering great customer experiences online. And whilst we've said that it's grown exponentially over the last sort of 12 months, the indicators are that behavior is going to stay even after perhaps the situation returns to something similar to before the pandemic. People have found new experiences. They've adapted and adopted new ways of doing things. And no doubt, people will turn some of their behavior back, but 
indications are that they're thinking about keeping the online behaviours, particularly where they are having enhanced and fantastic experiences. And so really, it's about thinking through in a similar way that you would with any of your other customer experiences you're offering. What am I trying to deliver? Who am I trying to deliver it to? What is the best way of engaging, capturing them and making them fall in love with you and tell everybody else about it? And hopefully that will then make sure that your online experiences are the best they can be and that you will make lifelong fans and advocates. And that in turn will help your business grow no matter what it is. So I wanted to focus really specifically on online shopping as part of our digital experience conversation. And that's because of two reasons, really. Um, One, it's been such a big growth area in 2020 due to the sort of pandemic situation. But also, um, Intelligent Purpose has just finished a piece of work um, talking to customers and understanding their stories of their experiences of online shopping through that period. And I just really wanted to share with you some of the kind of customer gold that we were able to ding out from that. Some of the insights and some of the pieces of advice about, you know, making sure that you're delivering great online experiences. And whilst we know that the majority of people have spent more time online looking for retail opportunities in terms of things to buy and um, where they can find them. And, and that was a, a, one of the first challenges that came through was people saying, I don't actually know how to search and find these things. I've got more time to do it, it seems at the moment, being locked down at times or working from home, various other things. And despite all the other chores people have, have to do, and we know people have busy lives and they're, they're getting really you know, overwhelmed in some cases by how much they have to do, making it really easy for people to find you and new channels that people are using like social media for pushing things through you know we're seeing social commerce as kind of a new way of going that you can see people on instagram and instagram will start trying to sell you their the, the items that you see in the picture or particularly facebook does a good job pushing those kind of adverts out to you to to try and find new things and certainly customers we spoke to said they'd used quite a lot of those avenues because they were there for other reasons to actually find new outlets for them, new new retailers to try, new experiences to try. And largely that had been quite a successful way. I'm sure there's quite a lot of money involved in having to do that. So it's trying to be clever and thinking of other ways in which you can push yourself out there, particularly if you're if you're a local small producer, and we've seen lots of those have to turn to online. You know, are there local village or town kind of notice boards or online boards or Facebook groups or any of those sorts of things that you can kind of get on and push yourself out there? You know, using channels like like LinkedIn, you know, you're a business trying to push yourself forward online, then use those kind of online channels. That's a great way of, of being able to push things out there. And one you don't see quite so much of, and I don't quite know why why not. I think it's good. Again, you can build yourself up as the sort of brand within the brand uh, and really, you know, get people engaged with you as a sort of personality involved in that. It's, it's a lot of work. And I know running your own small business is, is a hell of a lot of work. So, but it can be a really, really valuable way of getting yourself in front of people. But outside of that, there were five things that really came through as kind of key messages from customers about how to make their experiences great. And the first one was really that trust is such an important driver for people in terms of using, trying and returning and repeating their experiences. And obviously, trust is one of those things that you say, well, you know, you have to build it over time. But actually, there are some cues, some trust cues that people sort of look for when they're looking at these experiences. 
And the three that came through really strongly were, um, you know, having reviews and recommendations on there. So people said, yes, they were slightly wary of reviews, but they use them in a way that allows you to understand how active and how successful the kind of experience and, and, and the retailer have been. So it's a good way of getting a sense of what's happening with this. So you don't necessarily read everything and not everybody on there is, is your thing. And what they were saying is, yeah, we're, we're aware that sometimes they're not authentic and that people kind of push out their own for a brand. And they say they're not that useful. And you can see it with some others you can't, but it's more about understanding the things that people talk about in there, the little the little bits and pieces that turn them on, whether it's the extra bit of the experience that made it even more valuable or enhanced it or was different or was quirky or personal. Or those are the things that people are sort of trying to, to connect with rather than just, yeah, it was great, five stars. You know, they they were aware of the fact that it's a it's a malleable thing, but they still feel having them really, really important. The second one was uh, really about feeling that the the site and the experience and the, everything on there was was designed with the customer in mind. So proper customer centric thinking and customers were really clear saying, yeah, we hear a lot of businesses talk about putting the customer at the heart of the business, being purely customer focused. What customers told us is we've got to see it. It's, it's talk is cheap. You know, we have to see it in action. We have to go there and feel like we're being kind of cared about and that somebody is actually thinking, yeah, I really want these people to come and buy my products. And that means I'm going to think about them as part of it. And, you know, big messages around understanding customers about, are you listening to us? And that's the third one. A number of customer stories telling us just feels like they don't listen to customers, that they've got a product to sell. They think it's great and out, out it goes. And it might be great, but why is that going to persuade me to part with my hard-earned cash for it? So yeah, listening to customers and, you know, demonstrating that you are listening and showing them the things that you're doing, showcasing, you know, closing the loop with the feedback that you're capturing because they definitely wanted to be able to give feedback. And that's just, you know, to say that advocacy is still so key. If it's a personal recommendation, that means so much more that people will try it, particularly if there's a great story behind it. And what that told us was that, again, came really strongly that if you're a high street brand and you've got a really good high street reputation, that doesn't necessarily transfer to a great online reputation that customers aren't immediately saying, oh, because I go to retailer X and in the high street, they'll be great online. In fact, they found that that's not always true. And there are some big notable examples of that at the moment. But yeah, if you can uh, if you can build your own reputation online, you have to put that effort into being a great online experience, and that enhances. And people talk about omni-channel and you know making sure that everything feels like the same experience. It's definitely a really important part, but it is about putting the effort into building that customer-first, customer-thinking online experience that's really going to make them come back and tell everybody about it. So the second one was very much about um, delivering kind of quality, holistic experience. So not just getting it right, making your website, you know, making it easy to kind of um, navigate, making it easy to pay, making it easy to buy. That's all now become the norm. I mean, five years ago when I started doing this kind of digital experiences piece, that was what everyone focused on. Did the site work? Was it nice? Did it look good? Could I find my way around? Now people just expect that and their, their um, you know, expectations have risen that what you're offering is more, more beyond that. And that's about kind of personalizing and, and premiumizing where you can. And, um, you know, there's been some great examples of that where people who've got, who are in safe financial circumstances at the moment are looking for treat purchases. They're looking for making kind of premium experiences that they can enjoy because the money that they might have spent going out, which they haven't necessarily been able to do this much, they're able to recycle. Now, obviously, 
not everybody's in that fortunate position. So the personalization can kind of play against that as well. So there's some really, really good examples of premium experiences where, like, for example, wine tastings that people used to go to. Now it's being done online. You can connect people with the actual winemakers. You can actually have them come along and talk about it. And it's much easier. You can gather people from all over the world and get them in one place. And that's something that you couldn't do before. And the way that you sell and market that um, it really does add an enhance to the experience. And if you can add some personal touches to that as well, you know, customers know you collect their data. They know that you're, you know something about them. And it's how you use that. You know, I had a great personal experience where uh, I have a passion for cheese, which is a terrible thing to admit, I imagine. But um, there's a local cheese shop that appeared that hadn't been there before. It was someone who supplied kind of wholesale in the local area. They'd created that website. They had some fantastic kind of artisanal cheeses on there. And I just couldn't resist, even though I tried. And uh, the box turned up. It wasn't a cheap experience, but it wasn't ridiculous. But box turned up. There was a nice little handwritten note in there with my name on it saying, thank you for trying us. We hope that you like it. This cheese, by the way, at the moment is in really great form. You know, just very simple little thing that you felt, wow, you know, that was tiny but made a big difference. And yet I would go back. The amount of people I've told about that is a real winning kind of strategy. And so I think if you can deliver on those things and think about what can I do? What can I fit in my business to to either offer that premium enhanced experience or use a little bit of personalization, particularly in your communications with people, which should be a little bit little bit simpler and understand their needs and their wants and what their purpose is of being there with you. So the third one is about investing in the quality of the delivery experience. Uh, this came through as the biggest pain point for um, customers at the moment was people just having all sorts of problems with delivery. And when the first few months of the kind of lockdown were involved, people were okay with that. They were willing to kind of give a little bit and 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 sort of their expectations were, yeah, sure, understand completely. You're all adapting, adopting tons of new customers on board, you know, really difficult. But they expect you to fix it, especially the big companies. And what people said was, is that it seems like a leftover thought sometimes to the whole experience that particularly where it's outsourced to a third party company, which it may well have to to, to be that they're not connected, that the experience is not perhaps, you know, sort of ends at the purchasing point. And so they're there when they have problems, if the delivery is not great, if experience is really poor. That's the last thing they're left with. That's what they judge the whole experience on. That's what goes into the review when they're <laughs> whacking it online or on Trustpilot or one of those sorts of sites. And it's really, really obvious. And they blame you. They blame the kind of parent retailers, your partner you've picked. And so... You know, people said that they could really tell the difference between quality delivery experiences in companies and ones that are clearly there to sort of skimp and cheap. <laughs> and um, and that really made them feel bad. So given that they rely on it so much at the moment, it's an absolutely crucial part of the experience to get right. And so on to the fourth one, which is about, you know, good support and issue resolution. So Customers said, yeah, we know not everything always goes right, or we might need some help while we're doing it, or deliveries go wrong, or whatever have you. You know, we need some help. And what they were saying is they were finding it really frustrating that often they can't even find a phone number, or there isn't a way to phone, or, you know, it's an automated chat system. And that's fine when you sort of enter the process. But at some point, if it breaks down and you need somebody there, you know, getting to them can be an absolute nightmare. 
And I appreciate, again, this is a costly kind of uh, approach, but it's how you handle it and how you cleverly break it down so that people don't feel like they're standing still, that there's progress, even if that progress is a managed progress. You know, lots of people described being stuck in a maze, going to try and go round and round and round to find their way to, to somebody who can just help them. That builds their frustration and really uh, goes kind of horribly wrong. And yet there were some great stories in there about customers saying, when it's right, when customers, we know stuff goes wrong, but when they get it right and fixing it, whatever that might be, that becomes an even better experience. And that is almost a builder of a reputation rather than a destroyer of a reputation. People talk about, well, that's went wrong, but gosh, they fixed it. Or you know, all those classic stories of, well, you know, they, they gave me something off of it or, you know, genuine apologies and all of those types of things. People do do get when it is a real thing and not just somebody saying, yeah, I appreciate that, but there's nothing I can do. You know, they really really railed against that sort of behavior and said that, you know, that's another way of showing you care about customers. It's a way in which you can help them when they really need it. And it's not too difficult. The last one was then definitely about listening to customers. And we touched on it earlier in one of the other ones, but this was about saying, give us an avenue to feedback, not just reviews. They're useful. Yes. But we need a way of being able to tell you about the whole experience. We need to be able to input or feel like we can input and see that you're coming back and, and showing us what that's really made of. And it is that closing the loop feedback, it is showcasing what you can do, and it is kind of helping people to feel part of your brand, to actually feel that you are customer focused. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of an overview of what we what came out. It's probably a bit longer than I was planning, but so much in there. If you are interested, you can download the full report from our website, which is www.intelligentpurpose.com, and it's on the resources page. So to finish up this episode, I wanted to give you another experience story where I share something about uh, work that's been done around customer research and give you an insight into how we use some of the the data and the the intelligence that we capture from customers to help our clients to really kind of benefit from that enhanced connection. And so this this time I'm going to talk a little bit about an online experience. It's a a well-known smaller boutique high street fashion brand <laughs> and they were really starting to make some differences in their stores with their understanding of customers through their sort of listening surveys and through their kind of way that they were connecting with customers but they weren't seeing the same kind of uptake uh, online so their online business wasn't wasn't terrible but it wasn't the same and they really wanted to up their game and really wanted to make a difference and drive more sales through their e-commerce site. It's you know, perfectly understandable. And this is a couple of years ago, so it hadn't really taken off quite as much as it has, has now, but it was, it was clearly that they were you know, behind, behind the curve a little bit. And so uh, what I did was use their kind of existing listening program to expand to those users that were using the the, the online site. So we were looking at the digital experience, but also listening to the customers in store about why they were such fans in store. What was it about that experience and whether there was anything that we could borrow from that to take online. And so we found that from the digital experience, there was nothing wrong with the site, the way it was working. You know, there were no sort of functional issues that needed changing. It was a little bit about the experience. It was about the things that they were known for in store were the little added extras. So little things they did to 
make people feel that they were a safe sort of space to go in and try on new fashions. I mean, a lot of their customers are slightly older, not not really old, but slightly older and, and very fashion conscious. And so one of the things that came through when we were talking to the in-store experience was about how the people who work there were really good at helping with things like outfit choices or giving advice or making people feel more comfortable about the, the sort of shopping experience. And this seemed to be working really well. Um, and the, that's why, they, that's why they, they went there. And so it was going to be like, well, what can we do with the online piece that would make it more like that? And so we recommended that they look into some of the things you can do around, you know, outfit matching or suggestions that can be made or even like the, the chat functions and being able to kind of have that. But that wasn't necessarily going to drive people there. They needed to know about it. So we also suggested to them that they put a little campaign in where um, one of the challenges they had, because they are a smaller retailer and they have small shop space, was that they have a real challenge with range, particularly if you've got, you know, small or large sizes. And what they would find is that people wouldn't necessarily leave the store and then go online and look for it, where they would have a much greater range. So one of the things we suggested is that they, they used iPads in store with the, with the customer support people that if they couldn't find, if somebody wanted them, they couldn't find it. And they know, you know, they could, they could give them that and say, hey, have a look online here and I'll help you through it. Let's see if we can find it for you. And then explaining some of those kind of online features for them and just helping people understand that they can go from, oh, I, I, I want this, but I can't find the size and all of those sorts of things, or I can't find the color, or I can't find quite the right thing, that directing them online was going to be able to, to do that. And then when they were on there, some of the same help and advice and making sure that they kind of used their seasonal piece as well with all the imagery and everything, that you could actually get a really good online experience. And we saw that they, their sales over the next kind of three to six months started to, to drive up through the uh, online site and what they would find is that the basket sizes were increasing. So it was actually people were hanging around longer looking for other things, but they were able to measure how many came through the, that in-store experience, and whether that was a good use of time, and also capture comments from customers saying, wow, it was really helpful. I went in, they were great, they made some advice, didn't have that item in stock, but enabled me to search myself. And it was that key difference between I can look it up for you online and order it for you and allowing them to, to touch and feel to some extent the, uh, the, the, the online site and use it that way. And it's just a really powerful way of listening to customers, understanding what they're looking for and thinking like outside of how do we get people to trial this? And then when they're there, how do we have the same cues about the things that they like uh, in store online? Because you can't do the same thing. You know, they, <laughs> they can't quite replicate the fitting room experience, which is something that's quite important in sort of in-store fashion uh, brands. But what they can do is use very clever ways of, you know, outfit suggestions and matching things together that fit. But essentially, customers ended up feeding back really positive things about keeping them within the brand, if you will, uh, without them feeling that way. And also no sales were, were, were seen to be dipping dramatically in store. So it wasn't driving people away. It was adding to their experience. And because it was done through the help of the in-store team, you also got that level of enhanced experience as well. So all around really positive, continue to see sales. And to the best of my knowledge, they're still doing okay today. Although obviously with a number of shops being closed at the moment, it's a challenging time for any retailer. But knowing your customer and keeping connected to your customer are really positive ways in which you can drive your business forward and succeed. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Have You Ever Been Experienced podcast with me, Damien Miller. Hopefully you took something away from today, learned something new, or just something that made you think. If you're interested in joining the podcast or a little bit more information about me or Intelligent Purpose, you can email me at damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at intelligentpurpose.com or you can check out our website, www.intelligentpurpose.com. Thanks again. Bye-bye.